The weight of not having to perform, it's incredible when you first experience that. And I think for anyone who's listening, that's what sex is, isn't it? It's about connecting, not performance. Welcome back to the Maria Thatil Show. I'm Maria Thatil and I am not going to waste any time getting into this episode because it is one of my favourite topics. I, one, love talking about sex, but two, in this episode, I'm going to be going into my first queer experience and then I'm going to share, you know, listener submissions of when they've opened up about their first queer experiences. And I guess the point of this is, you know, when I think back to before I came out, I had so many thoughts and feelings and questions that I was so confused about and I didn't feel like I had anyone to speak to about this in my life. And so I wanted to put something out there that if you are closeted, if you are questioning, if you're about to go on your first date with someone of the same sex, or maybe you're just curious about this topic, this is an honest, candid chat about queer sex and love that I think will put your mind at ease about what to expect pressure and expectations we put on ourselves and what sex is meant to be. I hope you enjoy. So a really good place to start is by telling you about my first time. So let's take it back, I guess, before I had come out, before I'd acknowledged, you know, my queerness about myself, I had only ever really come out to one person. It was my ex. And I think it would have been when I was, I'm going to say 23, 24, maybe. And it happened one night. We were in bed just talking and and going to go to sleep. And I think I'd said something to him like, hey, I think this is something that I know about myself. I think I'm really curious about being with women. And he was so beautiful and understanding. I was like, okay, cool. Like it was a safe, non-judgmental space. But I guess because we were in a monogamous, committed relationship, if I were to explore that, it might have felt like cheating. So I just put it out of my mind after that. Well, I say I put it out of my mind, but it was constantly (laughs) in my mind. I'd grown up having queer experiences that I didn't realize were queer experiences. So if we take it right back, I guess I first started to notice a same-sex attraction when I was in school and it was high school. I, I remember being about 13, my first crush on a girl and I went to a private girls' school, so I guess I thought at the time, what's wrong with you? Like, it's just because there are no boys here. That's what this is. And at the time, I didn't really understand sexuality beyond being straight or being gay. And no one really talked about being bisexual or pansexual or other kinds of sexual fluidity. It was literally just these two boxes. And I knew, well, look, I'm not gay because I like boys. So this must mean nothing. So I completely invalidated the crushes I had on girls. And then when I was like 15, 16 and I would start going to parties, I would really look forward to getting drunk at parties and kissing female friends. And I used to think like, oh, like everyone, everyone does this surely when they're growing up, like you all just get drunk and you kiss your girlfriends. And now in retrospect, it's like the signs were there. <laughs> and and no, like a lot of people, not everyone was doing that. But even if you if you did that sort of thing and it didn't mean anything to you, I think I was chatting about this with Ella and Dom when I went on the Sit With Us pod. Ella was saying, I think she's saying, oh, well, I've I'd done this too, but I didn't feel the same things you felt. So 
it's all good and well to explore and, and what you feel is, is different for you. For me, I knew I really liked it, but I didn't know that it meant anything and I kind of tried to, to push it away because in my mind what I was fixated on was finding a really hot boyfriend <laughs> and then when I got into my you know, late teens, early 20s, I started to become obsessed with getting engaged and and having the white wedding with the perfect man because that's what I was conditioned to think I wanted. And then I, you know, I ended up in relationships, like long, long term relationships. There was one that went for five years in my 20s. And when that ended, that's when I was like, okay, I'm single. I'm, you know, I haven't been single for a long time. I kind of want to explore this. And the first time I even really thought about it was 2020 we were all in lockdown and it was my first sort of year being you know really single there's my luck I'm finally single and I'm locked down in a house with my mum my dad my brother (laughs) and my dog so I couldn't really go on dates or do anything but I downloaded dating apps for the first time and I remember the thrill one night of going okay I'm going to switch my dating app preferences from just men to men and women it was so exhilarating when I started to see those matches coming through and I remember my first few conversations with a couple of women there it was like there was something about knowing that those conversations were happening in the context of well they're attracted to me because they've matched me on an app so we're looking at each other this way and all was going well I was having these chats and then my best friend calls me and says Maria someone has seen like a catfish account of you on Bumble or something and, you know, they've asked if you're gay. And I freaked out and I said to her, tell her it's a fake account. And then I switched my dating app preferences back to just men. (gasps) I just switched it back. And then I said to my best friend, I told her in confidence it was actually my account and I am curious about this. And I had spoken about it to two of my best friends. But beyond that, I didn't really do anything. And then... I I won Miss Universe that year, Miss Universe Australia, and it was like, bam, I've got to go do that. So I was so focused on that competition. Like I ate, slept, breathed Miss Universe. I was so work focused and and ambition focused. I didn't really date or anything. And then when that was over and I had gotten back from the Miss Universe competition, it was so cool to be in a place where, yes, there was a lot of public scrutiny because I'd just gone and and made the top 10 and I was in the news and all this stuff so I was like okay people are looking at me but there wasn't the pressure of I'm about to be judged in a competition so I felt a little bit more free and so there was this one night so this is the story oh we finally got there there was one night in 2021 where I went out with I think it was like two of my best friends we were invited to some random dinner event by some people that we knew And it was just one of those nights that you remember just being free and single and having fun. And I remember I wore this little black dress with cutouts and I had red lips. I just chopped all my hair off like I was feeling freaking amazing, like just coming into my own, right? And I was at this party and we we ended up, you know, going from a dinner party to some mansion party (laughs) in Durak. I don't know how we ended up there, but we did. And everyone was downstairs in this bar, but... Bless, of course, my two best friends and I, we were just having a drink and playing um, the grand piano in the foyer of this house and just singing and, and doing our thing. And this girl came up to me and she's walked up to me and she complimented my dress. And I just thought, I, I genuinely was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's from this brand, whatever. And then she she went away, but then she came back. And as we're chatting, I just picked up 
a vibe. It was just a vibe, you know, and you just feel it. And I couldn't really hear her because, bless my best friend Sophie, was like banging the keys on that piano. And I'm like, girl, I can't hear what you're saying. So we went to a little corner and we're talking. But it was so intimate and it was just like I could feel her energy. And I remember the way she went when I was speaking, she'd be looking at me and her eyes would go from my eyes to my lips, from my eyes to my lips. And I'm like, this is not a friendly chat. <laughs> and I, I don't know where I got the confidence, but I just found it in me to just ask her I remember I asked her I'm I'm, are you what did I say I said something like I think I'm getting like all the vibes from you right now or something like that and that's when she was prompted to lean in and kiss me and we started making out and I had red lipstick and I didn't even think about it like it was a great kiss and then my best friend Shannon turned a corner and was like we stopped kissing and looked at her and we looked like clowns because my lipstick was all over our face so I was like shit oh my god like let's go to the bathroom let's wipe this off because what if somebody saw and when we went into the bathroom she just shut the door and we just started making out again and it was just it was so hot it was like I didn't want to leave and we were making out and it was just getting hotter and and then suddenly someone knocked on the door again Shannon (laughs) and we were like oh, hey, like we're just we're just cleaning up in here. And she opened the door and saw us and it was just very obvious what was going on. And she laughed. I was like, oh, I'll give you space. But then I just got really anxious because I thought, okay, there are people out there. Do they see me come in the room with her? I'm just so worried that people would have seen. And I didn't want at that point, like I hadn't been even publicly open about my sexuality. I didn't want someone to write something and or take a picture and then it would end up in a tabloid because it's such a personal thing I wasn't ready and I left the bathroom we exchanged details but I left the bathroom and I said to my friends let's go home and I went home because I was so afraid that someone had seen that we literally smoke bombed and that was that and then I went away to go film I'm a Celebrity and I came out on the show because I just felt ready and I was like well stuff it like I'm sick of feeling this way I want to explore this and see if this is a part of me that I've not even known about and so when I got back from the show, knowing that it was going to air and I was going to be able to say publicly, like, yes, I'm queer, like, this is me, I hit her up. <laughs> she was like, she, she'd still messaged me after that party saying she wanted to see me again. And I was like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But I finally got home and I was like, so about that wine. <laughs> and so we arranged a date night. I was going to go over. We were going to have some wine. And when I tell you the anxiety... <laughs> Because this was going to be my first time where I was on like, you know, I'd, I think at that point, oh no, I hadn't, I hadn't been on dates with women at that point. So it was my first one and I was so nervous. So I, I want to just for anyone who's about to go on your first queer date or you haven't and you're wondering what it's like, it's different for everyone. This was just my experience, but I was really nervous I knew we were really physically attracted to each other so the chances of us sleeping together were probably high I know I wanted to um but I was just going to gauge on the night how things went and I really overthought it like I was messaging I remember one of my best friends Sophie I would talk about this with her at length like what do I do like how does this go do I initiate things how do I know like what the vibe is it was like I was a virgin all over again And I think back to my first time I ever had sex at all um, and it was with a man and I was about 17 years old 
again, like you don't know what you're doing. You might have seen little bits and pieces from movies or porn or whatever. And, and, and for me as a young girl, it was so performative. So I remember the first time I ever had sex, I thought I had to get on top of that boy and just start moaning immediately because that's what I had seen. It was so like I, I didn't understand anything about healthy intimacy, about my pleasure, about communicating, you know, what you want and your boundaries and consenting. Like this was not a thing that I was taught. So sex was very performative and that's how I experienced it with men. So this now I felt like a virgin all over again because now I'm with a woman who's got a completely different body and she's new to me and I don't know what to do and I've never had this interaction. So I would I would Google. <laughs> I would Google how to eat pussy. <laughs> and let me tell you, you do not want to see the weird shit that comes up on like Pornhub when you <laughs> type that in. And, and I remember telling my best friend, like, I'm Googling, I'm trying to figure out what to do. And she just said to me, Maria, stop trying to make it this thing that you need to have down step by step and just be in the moment with her see what happens and it reminded me of you know whilst yes sex was very performative when I was younger with men at the same time you learn by just being present and talking and you figure it out so I just I stopped googling weird google searches and I decided to go on the date and I had so much wine before I even made it there. I was so nervous. I went to her house and we started talking and she's so kind and, and so beautiful and just put me at ease. But I felt really confident and I don't know where this came from. I was so confident. I remember we were sitting on the couch and it was just really soft, like intimate touches, like, you know, on the arm or on each other's thighs, you're speaking and you're connecting. And then we were kissing and it was actually me who got up and, and took her hand and led it to the bedroom. Don't know where this confidence came from, but it was there. And then I just remember that it was just really slow to start and it was really giggly and it was really sweet. And we just took turns exploring each other's body. And I was nervous, but I tried to pay attention to her and respond to her. Instead of thinking like, okay, should I do this? Should I do that? And I think now in hindsight, having a little bit more experience behind me, I probably rushed a little. Whereas I think when you're a little bit more comfortable in yourself and your experiences, it's okay to sort of take your time and just build anticipation and enjoy the other person and start to get to know them and, and just take your time. I didn't really <laughs> on this first occasion, but we still had fun and it was a great night and I ended up going home after and, you know, we, we stayed in touch and she's such a beautiful woman. She'll always have a special place in my heart with, you know, sharing something so special with her. And I, at the time I wasn't really looking for a relationship. So we just sort of, we talked here and there and, you know, she's still wonderful. Like when my book came out or this or that, she's like reached out. It's been really kind and wonderful and safe. And I think this is just a point I really want to make. What for me since then, I've obviously been with other women. Something I've realized is that the way that queer sex for me has differed to heterosexual sex um, is I felt, and again, this is just me, but I felt so safe and I felt like with the women that I've slept with, it's not been performative. Whereas, and, and maybe, you know, 
This is just something that I learned and I was conditioned to do. And if I were to sleep with a man from this point on, um, I wouldn't do that. I would communicate what I want to. I would prioritize my pleasure as well. I would communicate my boundaries. I wouldn't be so performative because it's not just about the other person. But I guess leading up to that point where I started sleeping with women and since I've started sleeping with women, I have, except for one man, I've only slept with women since. I think, you know, my ratio now, I'm more involved with women than I am with men. And I, that's something that I'm trying to figure out as well. Like is, is the attraction to men a conditioned thing? Do I even want that? I, I don't know. And maybe you're relating to this as I'm speaking about it, but I'm okay with not knowing because I think two years ago when I first had that queer experience, you know, when I, I went to a house and we had that first time and it was really wonderful and exciting. The way sex and love feels for me now with women, it's so much deeper than what it was two years ago. So I've evolved in that two years. Maybe in two years I'll know more about myself and, and my, my sexual identity and preferences than I know right now. I'm okay with not knowing. And I guess that's the point of sharing, you know, it's up until this point I've shared with you my story. It's just so you know, it's clumsy and it's funny and it's not perfect, but you know, all our stories are different and it's okay for it to be exactly that. And I hope in this next portion of the episode where I start sharing your stories, you realize the importance of putting crazy pressure and expectations on yourself for your first queer experience to go a certain way and you give yourself space to explore however that looks for you. Whether it's a drunken encounter in a club or it's fucking perfect with someone you've fallen in love with, all of it is valid. All of it is yours and it's personal and no one can take that away from you. So you've just heard about my first queer experience, but now I'm going to take some of your stories about your first queer experiences. They range from hectic to funny, a little bit cooked. <laughs> In the best way, though, to really beautiful and I'm just so excited to get into them. So story number one. She pulled the classic move, watching a scary movie at home to try and protect me. But I was so shocked when we actually started. I forgot to turn the movie off. Long story short, I will always remember the screams from The Conjuring blended in with my screams. <laughs> Don't worry, we eventually remembered and turned it off and had the most incredible experience. Can you imagine having sex to a horror movie and coming to The Conjuring? <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? I actually had sex recently and the TV was on and something really weird was on. Like this was a couple of weeks ago. Something really weird was on and we started getting into it and forgot to turn it off. But then I was conscious of like whatever weird shit was on TV and I couldn't unhear it. And it was like, oh, sorry, can we just put some music on? Because like, I don't want to like, I don't want to fuck you to NCIS. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh. So that's that's great. Like how many of us, I, it, it's kind of sweet because it takes me to back to like high school days where, you know, you'd invite your crush over and you'd be like, oh, let's watch a movie. And it's just an excuse to like snuggle close and that's really cute. That is a really memorable first time. So this is story number two. After being with a man for 15 plus years, the first time I found myself confident, like I was being my true self. It was like I was stepping out into my light when for so long I lost myself in the shadows. 
I felt confident because by the time I had my first experience with a woman, I knew who I was and who I wanted to be. With men, I felt like I had to serve them and what they wanted. So in lots of ways, you end up losing yourself, especially over time. While with women, they want to see you. That energy just gave me lots of confidence to be my authentic self. And I've looked back and laughed at the fact that I was so confident. It's not like I'd practiced. I think because I felt confident off the back of knowing who I am, it also meant it was okay to just explore, get to know each other. And it was less performance and more about connecting. Something else that stands out from my first queer experience, she asked me what I liked. No man has ever asked me that. She said what she said. (laughs) And, you know, I related to that. And I think I'm not going to speak for anyone else. But you know what? For me as a woman, I really related to this. I think the weight of not having to perform, it's incredible when you first experience that. And I think for anyone who's listening, whether you're questioning, you're queer, you're not, a really great thing to do to change and and improve your sexual experiences is to communicate and ask your partner what they like and communicate what you like. It doesn't matter who your sexual partner is. I think opening up that dialogue just means that your sexual experiences with each other, they're tailored, they're, they're what you want. You're tapping into what you're really enjoying with the other person. And that's what sex is, isn't it? It's about connecting, not performance. Like this very wise woman said, Okay, this one, I felt really, I really, really felt for this next person. So story number three. So my first and only time with a girl sexually was actually in a girl's bathroom in a club. The club was pretty much dead with only the group of girls I was with and like four other girls. We were there because my friend's boyfriend was DJing and we went to support him seeing as it was a random dead night. There was one girl that I kept getting vibes from and so we were dancing together and we kissed on the dance floor. This shocked the people I was with a bit because I'd only come out to one of my friends and the other one had no clue. And so her and her two friends were pretty surprised. I was also pretty drunk so I think they were a bit worried. Me and this girl ended up going into the bathroom and went down on each other very quickly and badly due to both of us being drunk and it being a toilet plus we didn't want to worry our respective friends. I later found out from someone else that the group of girls I was with actually followed us into the bathroom and forced my friends, the one who knew I was by, to peek through the gap of the bathroom door and she never told me about it. That was so icky to hear from someone else that such a close friend did that and never told me. I'm not ashamed of my first time with a girl, but I'm certainly cautious who I say it to just because of how people will react to the whole hooking up in a club bathroom situation. I think the first thing for me that I just, it really stands out is that is such an immature and disrespectful thing to do, to push your friends into the bathroom and to violate someone's privacy like that I think you know if they followed you into the bathroom they obviously thought something was going on they were shocked to see you with the girl they wanted to know what was going on it's none of your business let's start there and I'm so sorry that someone who was meant to be a close friend and a group of people you trusted to be out with on the night made you feel violated like that because it sounds like now you've come out of it feeling like you need to be cautious about this part of yourself when really your sexual identity is just, it's, it's, it's just a part of you. And whether you were at a party and you went into a bedroom with a guy to have sex or you were here in the club bathroom with this woman, those people should not have violated your privacy and your consent 
and spied on you like that. Like that's just a no-brainer. So I'm so sorry that that has tainted that because, you know, you've said that you're not ashamed of your first time with a woman, nor should you be. How many of us have had sex in a bathroom? Me. And let me tell you, since coming out, (laughs) my producer's like silently little hand up. (laughs) Big deal. It happens, right? And that's nothing to be ashamed of. But the people who should be ashamed and should be carrying that shame is the people who violated your privacy and consent. So I'm really sorry. If you are friends with someone and you're out with them and you see your friend, you know, say having a queer experience and you didn't expect it or whatever it is, this person said that, you know, it shocked the people they were with. Whatever you're thinking and feeling, don't project that onto your friend. Just give them space to do what they've got to do. And I think, you know, don't fetishize or or treat a queer interaction differently to to how you would treat, I guess, a heterosexual interaction. So what I mean by that is if you're out and you see your friend, you know, who you think is straight, hook up with a guy, you wouldn't bat an eyelid, you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, have a great time. But it surprised these people that their friend had kissed someone of the same sex. And so then what do they do? They went and they spied on her like a bunch of creeps. Like that's not, that's not okay. Don't treat these interactions differently. Respect your friends don't violate consent and privacy it's just all common sense things but I guess we need to have these conversations because maybe common sense ain't so common and you know I can say like with my friend you know on the night when I kissed that girl she was shocked when she turned the corner but she gave us our privacy and then we went into the bathroom she came to check if I was okay but she wasn't judgmental or peeking or prying like I think there's a difference and if you're shocked and you're concerned about your friend there's a way to show it just I'm so sorry to the person who wrote in and that that was their experience. And I hope it doesn't taint your future experiences. Story number four. My first time was when I was like 11. I vaguely remember it and either she went down on me or I went down on her. It was great from what I remember and there were many signs after that that I was bisexual but I ignored them or thought everyone just loves to look at women's bodies. I also grew up in a community that is not diverse at all and no one ever spoke about LGBTQIA plus people which I'm sure many people can relate to and I didn't fully accept that I was bisexual until like a year ago and I'm almost 25. I also sadly haven't had an experience with a woman since then. I'm glad I finally accepted who I am. So I related so hard to this person's message because she has talked about how one, she grew up in a community where nobody talked about queer people or bisexuality and I did too. And that's why I think for such a long time, I also didn't know that I was queer because I thought, well, you can either be gay or straight and I'm not gay, so therefore I must be straight. And this is why having chats like this and you know putting out podcast episodes like this or talking about sex without shame, this is why it matters because we need to remove stigma around sexual experiences, different sexual identities, and just talk about the fact that, you know, what coming into yourself and and coming out, how that can look, it's different for everybody. And it's okay for your sexuality to evolve as you go. But if we don't talk about it and we don't have representation in conversations like this in media or whatever, then how are people going to see themselves and understand themselves You know, we need to talk about it shame-free. So I love that, you know, we're able to do this and share that story on here. But also that feeling, you know, where she said, sadly, I haven't had an experience with a woman since. And she's 25. I felt the same way at 25. And let me tell you, I have only been having experiences with women really since, you know, the, the last couple of years. So 
you know, I hope you don't feel like because since then you've not had those experiences, it means that you'll never get to experience that. You know, I, I remember the feeling of being closeted and yearning to know more. It was just this thing in myself that I'm like, I need to know what this feels like. I feel like there's a part of me that is I'm not even tapped into. And I had that attitude of, sadly, I'm in a relationship. It's it's a heterosexual relationship. I'll never get to experience that. I'll never know this about myself. But I think when you have the courage to speak about these experiences and, and to be yourself, it'll come and you'll meet people when you need to meet people. And I'm really, really excited for you to really own and reclaim that part of yourself. <laughs> this one. <laughs> Thought I was incapable of penetrative orgasms. Turns out I was just sleeping with men. <laughs> Can I also just say, same. And in porn, I feel like all you ever see is like these really performed orgasms. Like the minute a penis enters you, everyone starts yodeling. And it's like, <laughs> just for me, what I felt was pressure to show a male sexual partner that I was really enjoying the act of penetration. And it's okay if you don't orgasm that way. I have experienced penetrative orgasms for the first time with women, not men. <laughs> so it wasn't with a penis. It just wasn't. And it's because I guess it's being with, you know, women who have taken the time to get to know my body and it's just, it's exactly that. There's also other kinds of orgasms where if you own a vulva, you know, just whether it's with clitoral stimulation or things like that. And again, prior to having queer experiences, I didn't even know this. I actually remember being 21 and at that point, I think I'd been sexually active for a couple of years and I was going through a breakup, high school breakup, and I had a friend, she was a bit older, and she told me, like, you should try a vibrator. And I'd never tried it before. And I was like, okay, cool, like, I'll give it a go. And she went with me to buy my first vibrator. And I remember after trying it, I was like, what the fuck do you mean to tell me my body is capable of feeling this? And all this time, I didn't know it. So I think... If you're listening, like this is just to everybody, irrespective of, you know, what your sexual preferences are. If you own a vulva, I highly recommend you get a vibrator because I think it's really great to know your own body so that then when you're with a sexual partner, irrespective of their their sex or gender, you know how to, to teach them how you want to experience pleasure. I think that's great. Okay, here we go. I thought I was straight until age 35 when out of nowhere I slept with a 25-year-old woman. Being bisexual always made sense to me, but I didn't think I was until that night. We knew each other professionally and I was attracted to her competence. The next morning I had gross anxiety, but then when the hangover wore off, I felt good. The next time we slept together was the best night I've ever had with someone. I've still only slept with one woman, but I feel like my world has opened up. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. You know, and I just want to say this person ended this with, with, I've still only slept with one woman, but I felt like my world has opened up. Get rid of the word only. And one of the weird questions that I would get often was people asking how many women I'd been with or how many women I dated or had, I, you know, like people wanted to know that sort of thing. And it put this pressure on me to feel like, oh my God, am I meant to have an emotional or sexual resume to like rip out and be like, well, I have been with three women and therefore it qualifies me to be a bisexual. It's like you feel like 
there are these prerequisites to have had a certain level of experience before you can say this is my identity but I just feel in the language like I've only slept with one woman no you've slept with a woman and even if you didn't sleep with a woman if you know you're queer that is true and it's valid and that's personal and it's yours and I feel like one thing to consider is you know when kids are growing up we expect queer kids to come out because until they do we assume that everybody is straight and I feel like you know when it comes to to coming out as gay or or bisexual or pansexual or whatever there's this thing to prove yourself but it's like I, I I just feel like just as we don't expect people who are straight to back up their heterosexuality with relationships and sexual experiences we shouldn't do that with people who are queer too your queerness is valid and if you're bisexual and you have only been with men but you know you are attracted to um you know women or if you're pansexual and you know you're attracted to non-binary folk and transgender people even if you know that and you've never had those experiences that's valid too and i think that's really important to make that point okay (laughs) this is a weird one the next one i was so nervous we started making out while watching a movie and her dog got jealous sorry (laughs) I get what you mean I hope I get what you mean I hope it's not what it the way it reads anyway moving on (laughs) I've been waiting 20 plus years to be with a woman it's not easy to find one I'm now married I've had experiences with my husband and others but never one-on-one and that's goals oh can I tell you this was my fear I had this fear that if I never came out And if I ended up staying in in that, you know, relationship with that man that I loved and it was monogamous and it was long term and if I stayed, I was really worried that I would end up maybe, you know, in a situation where I couldn't even explore it, even, you know, in, you know, had this person has had experiences with their partner and others like that wasn't on the cards for me at the time. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get to experience this. So I get that feeling of. It is not easy to find someone to share this with. It's complicated or it can be complicated when you have, you know, a spouse or a partner. And it sounds like, you know, I guess making an assumption here, but it sounds like you and your partner are open. And I don't mean like an open relationship, but I mean like if you've had experiences all together, like maybe they're open to sort of acknowledging that. And I hope you find someone to experience that with, especially because it sounds like you've had a yearning for it. So yeah oh I love that I relate to that so this one is from a guy who said I was worried I would hate it and I'd be grossed out despite being super turned on and I was also worried I'd be bad at it but after it just felt right and so fulfilling and a closeness that I've never had with a guy before I love that and you might have that if you're somebody who's questioning or you're going to have a queer experience sometimes the worry that you're not going to like it or you're going to be bad at it is so overwhelming And it contradicts what's going on in your head, your heart, your body, because this person said I was super turned on, but I was so worried. And then it ended up being amazing. And there were so many messages from people, you know, that I I won't have time to read. But there were so many messages from people where there was a common theme of when I did it, I experienced something to a depth that I hadn't experienced before. When I experienced this, I finally saw my truest self. And so I think that's worth it. And what a beautiful note to end this on, because you know, you worry sometimes a lot that it's going to go badly or you're going to 
reject this part of yourself or you're not going to enjoy it and, and whatever, whatever, whatever the anxiety is. Like I had that too. But I think just be open. If this is something that you're curious about or something you want to explore, give yourself space to do that free of expectation and see where it takes you. And no matter how it looks, your sexuality is yours, it's personal, and you don't have to define it by anyone else's standards. And so to wrap up this episode, I guess, I hope what you took away from it, I want to know what you took away from it, but I hope, you know, I, I kind of felt like I wish I had a candid chat with someone like this where, you know, we're sitting on the couch and you're telling me about your first time and we're sharing stories and it's just helping me realize that I don't need to put pressure on myself for my first time because sex looks different for everybody and there's no one way it can go. I hope, you know, no matter what you are thinking about your own sexual identity or even just sex broadly, whether you're queer or not, sex is so personal and sexuality, it exists on a spectrum. The point of all of this is to let you know that our experiences are different and it is up to you to define that for yourself. Relax any expectations you have for your first time. Do what feels right in the moment. Listen to podcasts like this and other resources and talk to friends just so you remind yourself that it doesn't have to be perfect and you are going to learn as you go. Communicate, have boundaries, prioritize your pleasure and open yourself up to intimacy but don't do anything you don't want to do. And know that, you know, sex is more than penetration. It's it's not about performing. It's not about living up to someone else's expectations. It's about connecting. And I guess that's the beauty of so many of these experiences. When people have their first queer experience, they realize just how deeply they can connect with someone else through sex. And maybe that was something they were missing. I know that's what happened for me. So... I wish all you baby queers all the best <laughs> for your first time. Maybe you're getting ready for a date and you're listening to this episode. Go forth and have sex and have a good time. <laughs> and just open the dialogue, get rid of the shame, enjoy yourself because life and sex is to be enjoyed. I'm Maria Thatil and I will see you next time.